St. Clair. It's a real honor to share with you these reflections on Psalm 46. Let's begin by reading the psalm. Psalm 46, to the leader of the Korahites, according to Alamoth, a song. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth should change, though the mountains shake in the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam, though the mountains tremble with its tumult. Selah. There is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy habitation of the Most High. God is in the midst of her. She will not be moved. He will save her when morning dawns. The nations roar, kingdoms totter. He utters his voice, the earth melts. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Selah. Come, behold the works of the Lord. See what desolations he brings on the earth. He makes wars to cease to the ends of the earth. He breaks the bow and shatters the spear. He burns the shields with fire. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted in the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. The Psalms provide a model for prayer and worship. At St. Clair, we believe that our Sunday morning worship and repeated practices form us into people who love God and love his kingdom. Similarly, as we pray and worship through the Psalms, we learn through this experience how to interact with God, and we are transformed. Jesus would have memorized all the Psalms, and we can see through the Gospels that he prays through them. Even in his dying moments on the cross, a Psalm is on his lips. If Jesus was shaped and formed by the Psalms, we should be too. I chose Psalm 46 because it is one that I memorized about four years ago, and I've been praying in times of stress ever since. When my life gets complicated and hard, I tend towards feeling anxious and overwhelmed. My mind churns over the details of my situation. My chest gets tight. I have found great release and help in whispering the psalm to the Lord on my knees, in declaring it loudly in the shower, and yelling it at the top of my lungs as I drive with the windows down. Though I've recited it countless times, it still has the power to give me chills and steady my heart. Psalm 46 is a worship song which was used by the ancient Israelites to celebrate God and his presence with them in Jerusalem. Biblical scholar Walter Brueggemann writes, This psalm likely came from the cultic celebrations of the reign of God and God's choice of Zion as a sacred place of divine presence and hope. I love how epic Psalm 46 is, shaking mountains, roaring nations, melting earth, and yet how personal it becomes in the refrain, the Lord of hosts is with us. The psalm invites us to celebrate the epic story God is writing and to locate our own stories within it. 
Stephen Roach, an artist and communicator speaking about what is forming artists during the current global crisis, said, It is vital for our own mental and emotional health that we are formed by a clear narrative. I think this is true of all of us. In the face of danger and chaos, God invites us to stop our striving and to trust the story and to rest in the fact that the author is with us. Psalm 46 is a wash in rich metaphor and imagery. Humans have always navigated their complex world through metaphor, and different cultures have different metaphors to understand their world. Uh, For example, we think about time as a commodity. Do you have enough time for that? My time is running out. You'll buy yourself more time if you... and so on. The Israelites had their own metaphors, which were grounded in their own cultural and narrative worldview. When an Israelite poet, like the creator of Psalm 46, uses a metaphor, it would have brought to mind a rich wealth of associations for the original hearers. As I explore the imagery in Psalm 46, I find that it invites us to enter into the grand narrative of God's story in history. The story of creation, the calling of Abraham, the exodus from Egypt, the establishment of Jerusalem, and beyond. So let's get started. Therefore we will not fear, though the earth should change, though the mountains shake in the heart of the sea, though the waters roar and foam, though the mountains tremble with its tumult. The psalmist is describing an epic tsunami, an earthquake so great that it is unmaking the order of creation. You see, in ancient Near Eastern mind, the mountains were pillars set in a vast ocean. These pillars held up the land. In the midst of cataclysmic chaos, the psalmist declares that the Lord is very present, protecting his people like a strong fortress. Then, in the second stanza, the image of water changes to a peaceful, life-giving river flowing from Jerusalem, the city of God. The actual city of Jerusalem has no river flowing out of it, so there must be a symbolic meaning to this. The Garden of Eden was the first place that God established his presence with us. This was a garden where God walked with Adam and Eve, and it was located in a high place out of which a river flowed, which branched into four streams. For the Israelites, the temple was the new Eden, and the city of Jerusalem the new high place where God dwells with his people. So the presence of God, like a healing and life-giving river, brings joy, flourishing, and protection to God's people, a safe oasis in a dangerous world. The nations play a key role in this psalm as well. In the first stanza, the waters roar and foam, and then these roaring waters become the roaring nations in the second stanza. Then, in the third, when God brings peace to the world, the nations exalt God. This imagery brings to mind the biblical narrative, the nations scattered at the Tower of Babel, and causing problems for Israel throughout the story. Yet, from the start, God's desire is to bring good for the nations, and he promises that the family of Abraham will be a blessing to all the nations. This brings us to the climactic moment in the psalm where the voice of God rings out with force, Be still and know that I am God. 
I am exalted among the nations. I am exalted in the earth. Be still can be translated as cease striving. God's command to rest and stop from our labor um, runs and trust. Sorry, God's command to rest and stop from our labor and trust that God is enough runs like a steady pulse through the story of the Old Testament. From creation, when God rested on the seventh day, to the second commandment to practice a day of rest on the Sabbath, God invites his people to stop trying to do everything on their own strength and to rest in their knowledge that God is big enough. This key command of God, the God of Israel, is in stark contrast to the gods of the surrounding nations who, according to their creation myths, created humanity to serve them as slaves. Rather than making humans as slaves, the story of Israel is one of God rescuing a group of slaves out of hard labor in Egypt and inviting them to feast with him and enter into his rest. In the story of Exodus, we find an example of when God had his people cease from their striving and trust him. After bringing the plagues on Egypt, after the first Passover, the Israelites have just left Egypt when Pharaoh changes his mind and sends a huge army after them. God says to his terrified people in Exodus 14, 14, the Lord will fight for you. You have only to keep still. Then God allows the chaotic waters of the sea to swallow up the enemy army. There is a debate about who the be still and no command is directed to in Psalm 46. I take sort of a middle ground. I think it's directed both to the people of God and to the nations. We see that God's heart is for everyone to know him. Even in the Exodus story, where the purpose of God's dramatic rescue is first um, that the Israelites, and I quote, may know that I am the Lord. And then later in Exodus 14, 18, it reads, and the Egyptians shall know that I am the Lord. God, who created humans and declared them very good, wants to be personally and intimately known by all people. If we read this verse, as I suggest, directed both inward to the followers of God and outward to the nations, we are reminded that God is speaking to all people calling all people to account. Jesus claims that he came to fulfill all the scriptures, and we find, even in the metaphors of the Psalms, that time and again, Jesus brings new depth and resolution to these metaphors that the Israelites live by. When this same God who created the sure foundation of the mountains and parted the Red Sea for the Israel shows up, in the flesh, and says to the chaotic waters of the Sea of Galilee, Be still. They obey him. And his disciples are terrified, and they say to each other, Who then is this, that even the wind and the waves obey him? As the world stilled around them, they began to realize that Jesus is God. Jesus challenges them, Why are you afraid? Why were you afraid? Can you almost hear the words of Psalm 46? The Lord of hosts is with us, therefore we will not be afraid. Not only does the Lord Jesus still the chaotic waters, but he is the river whose streams make glad the city of God. He imparts his life-giving water to us by the gift of his Spirit. In John 7, 
Jesus says, Let anyone who is thirsty come to me, and let the one who believes in me drink. As the scripture has said, out of the believer's heart shall flow rivers of living water. He makes wars to cease to the ends of the earth. He breaks the bow and shatters the spear. He burns the shields with fire. At the cross, Jesus unexpectedly defeats the chaos to bring us peace. The warrior God presented in the psalm loses none of his power in Jesus, but instead brings peace to his people through sacrificial love and extends this peaceful kingdom from Jerusalem to Judea to the ends of the earth. The Spirit of Jesus accomplishes this through people, so that people from every tribe, tongue, and nation exalt him. We non-Jews, non-Jewish Christians praising God here in Canada, are living proof that God's blessing has extended to all people. Jesus, Lord of the Sabbath, invites us with the psalmist to cease striving and trust in him. The work is done. Resurrection has happened. We trust confidently because of his ultimate, because Jesus is the ultimate fulfillment of Israel's claim that the Lord of hosts is with us. Jesus is Emmanuel, God with us. We can trust the story God is writing because Jesus has promised, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Well, what does it look like for you and me in Hamilton here in 2020 to understand that our stories, um, understand our stories within the grand story that God is writing? We navigate the world on the grand scale, finding our place in this moment in cultural and culture and history, and also on the personal scale, navigating the daily challenges of home, work, school, or play. On the grand scale, I think we can all relate to the feeling of chaos out there in the midst of this pandemic. Nations roar, slamming borders, face mask disputes, the most vulnerable caught in oppressive isolation. Kingdoms totter, economic systems on the brink of collapse, food shortages, social support networks shattered by isolation orders. We live, when we live within the biblical story, We have our eyes open to the reality of the chaotic forces of evil at work in the world. While not everything that we see is always a result of things in the spiritual realm, we must be discerning and equipped to walk in the light. Paul, in his letter to the Ephesians, urges them to put on the full spiritual armor of God, writing, For our struggle is not against enemies of blood and flesh, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers of this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. At the same time, we know that it is God's heart to bring peace to the nations, order to the chaos. God is, even now, speaking to the nations, be still and know that I am God. And to his people, made glad by the streams of living water within us, God says, be still and know that I am God. Will we listen? Will we look out with eyes of hope rather than despair or fear? Not hope that will work it all out with human innovation but hope that God is with us and that God is equipping us to do our part. Hope that God is bringing all creation, 
all nations towards a future that will be defined entirely by his peaceful reign. So we navigate chaos on the global scale, but also on the small scale of our lives. This year, I came face to face with a challenge from God to cease striving and trust his story. I was desiring to practice a Sabbath, which would truly be a time of rest, rather than a day to catch up on errands and chores. So I was examining my schedule. Uh, Between work and school and my internship at St. Clair, I realized that the only day that I wasn't required to do work was Saturday. But Saturday has always been a chore day for me. Um, If I took that day off completely, how would I possibly get done all the things that I need to do to feed myself, care for my home, etc.? But in prayer, I sensed that God was saying to me, but do you trust me? Will you give me your best day and trust that I am big enough to take care of you? Big enough to take care of your to-do list? Oh, with trepidation, I said yes. It has been life-changing, hard, not perfect, but so good. I encourage you in the coming week to make some space to Be still and reflect on your life. What places do you feel the chaos? How might the Lord of the Sabbath be inviting you to enter into his rest? As I wrap up, I just want to propose one final practical application. I strongly encourage you to spend some time meditating on a psalm this week. Perhaps Psalm 46 or maybe another psalm that speaks to your soul and invites you into the narrative of God. As you come back to it a little bit each day, try putting it or even a portion of it to memory so that it will go with you in the times of stress and roll off your tongue when you need it most. You could find a psalm that's been put to music, um, and that way you can listen to that and learn that by heart. Uh, if you're looking for one for Psalm 46, I recommend um, the psalm, uh, song by that title by Bifrost Arts, B-I-F-R-O-S-T. Um, Anyhow, yeah, so go ahead and take some time. Spend some time with the psalm. Um, Let the metaphors of the psalms seep deep into your bones so that you can live within God's story and trust that he is with you. Thanks so much. Blessings.